Hey, what's up, guys? Here we are with episode two of Talking Marvel with MCU Geeks. I'm Zan, your host, and unfortunately, we are missing our friend Griff today uh, due to him being sick. But we do have Josh. Josh, say hi. Hello. I'm not ill, so I'm here. Yeah, we're here, and it's not it's not COVID. Hopefully, hopefully, it's not COVID. Thank you, everybody, for your questions and your comments, and really just engaging with episode one. Also, I want to thank everybody for saying so much nice stuff about myself being the host and for the information that Griff and Josh had. Um, I definitely really appreciate it. If you guys can't tell, this is my first time doing this. Um, so, you know, and this is not Griff and Josh's first time doing this, so I'm trying to catch up as much as I can. Thank you so much for the engagement. The community is why we are here. The community, we want to connect with the fans. We are all fans that were born in 2008. When Iron Man first happened, not born literally, but born when you saw the movie on the screen and you knew this was for you. So seriously, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We really love the positivity and we really, really love the, the energy. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much, everybody. So um, before we kind of get into everything, let's uh, let's read some of our fan questions. Josh, you, you ready? All right. So I put out on Instagram basically something new that we'll be doing in each episode of our podcast. Essentially, I asked you for whatever questions you wanted to ask us, whether it be predictions or general questions about films or just us in person. Every week, we're going to put up three questions and we'll, we'll just answer them. So we have from Micah.may.d. How long is each episode? I'm assuming they're talking about the podcast. So about an hour. From Scarlet Witch underscore 27, what made you a Marvel fan in the first place? Ooh, I kind of want to hear this too, Josh. I don't actually know. Story time. 2012, yeah, it was obviously Avengers, and I was born in 2003, so I was five when Iron Man came out. Going to the cinema at five just wasn't a thing. So Avengers 2012 was kind of like the Marvel debut, mm -hmm. and then that triggered the Iron Man watching and Captain America and Thor. And just went from there, basically. So you're you're uh, you're older, so you probably saw Iron Man in cinema. Yeah, so like I was born in '96. Um, man, I still think 1996. I'm 10 years old and I'm 25. It's, it's weird. So uh, yeah, for me, I remember watching in 2002. I, it's not. I guess it's technically MCU now, but I remember watching Spider Man with Toby. And I remember the scene of him walking up the walls, and it's like, duh, 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 duh. And, and, and that is where my love of Marvel began, because uh, growing up in, in America, post 9-11, and, you know, I'm Pakistani. And so, like, to see a character like Spider-Man, like Peter, not be able to sit on the bus, similarly to me, having huge glasses, similarly to me, getting bullied at school, similarly to me, and then be bit by the spider and do everything I wish I could do. I just always had a love for Spider-Man, and even though the Batman movies came out and Superman Returns came out and the X-Men came out, it's just something about the web swing or something about Peter that I always come back to. And then when Iron Man came out, it was just, it just broke the, it, it just broke the mold, like to bring sports into it. Kind of like LeBron James with the decision, going to the Miami Heat, changing the game. For me, I just always appreciated characters that gave us the inspiration to be the best person of ourselves. And I resonated that in 2002 Spider-Man, 
and I revisited that in 2008's Iron Man, and from that, the MCU's just been on a roll, man. Obviously not without criticisms, which we're going to talk about today, but uh, that's, yeah, I just always had a love for heroes that gave me a pat on the back when I didn't have anybody, you know? All right, last question. A lot of them are, like, stupid, like, what's your favorite cat or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> no disrespect to you guys, no disrespect. I'm just saying, uh, you know, like, give us some questions. <laughs> From at JV Kemmel 808, I believe I've said that okay. When is Punisher showing up since John was recasted? John wasn't recast, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Josh, should we, uh, should we be smart butts and say read our article or should we say it right here? Okay. There's an article on mcugeeks.com. There's an article on there. Go and read it. It's got Punisher as the, uh, the thumbnail, so you can't miss it. Then come back yep. to it and ask us another question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to answer, to answer your question, um, there's a lot more of our favorite crazy skullhead that we have yet to see. They've changed his logo now, so it's more like a. Uh... I saw it in the comics, but I didn't know they adapted that to the MCU. Oh no, no, no! I mean, like they've changed Punisher's logo, not not cinematic Punisher's. Okay. Logo. Yeah, I I hope they don't put that because that's it looks odd. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I kind of wish they they went kind of go with the storyline because there's a lot of like um and again i, I want to make it clear like mcu geeks we we don't you know we're, we're not a political organization but we 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 do care about people and we we have a compassion for all individuals and uh at least in america good friend josh and griffin in the uk but at least in america there's a lot of cops that kind of wear the punisher logo and kind of take pleasure and over policing communities instead of helping them so, like, a lot of people on Twitter were saying how 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 cool of a story would it be to have John Berthold's Punisher hunting down people who t- used his logo and perverted it. All right, well, those are this week's three questions. If you want to ask us a question, then check out Instagram, because we will have a question box on there, and you might be asked next week. So, let's just get into it, man, because you guys are here to hear everything. Um, typically, we talk about the latest rumors and stuff like that. In terms of Marvel news, Josh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, and the No Way Home Blu-ray uh, extended like special edition behind the look scenes. Well, that was a lot of words in one sentence. They uh, they cut out a scene of Andrew and Toby saying, uh, "You know where to find us." Right after to- Tom hugs Andrew and Toby uh, in the ending of No Way Home, Andrew says, "Like you know, you know where to find us," and like Toby kind of gives him the awkward hand wave that he always does. So. Yeah, no, that, my question for you, like, what do you know? Cause I don't know anything about this. What do you know about their plans of potentially bringing them back? So I, I had no idea. That means that they, so there was a rumor that they filmed an alternative credit scene and I have no idea how true this is. This was literally just a rumor that okay. the credit scene where we saw Andrew and Toby being sent back to their own universes. I, I have no idea how true it is, but I mean, with that line and obviously just a fan reaction of Andrew and Toby coming back. I heard I heard uh, rumors. It is not moth culture. I feel comfortable saying moth culture because now every director is going at them on Twitter. Um, but uh, I know moth culture said that uh, Andrew and Toby are going to return in Secret Wars. I don't know how valid that is, but fair play to them. That would be a really cool idea. I feel like no one has any idea what Secret Wars is yet, to be honest. Mm. I think they're just like, Avengers 5, Secret Wars, great. And then all these people are like, whoa, 
Hugh Jackman's back. Real quick on the Wolverine thing, you guys, you saw like I'm talking to you guys to so the MCU guys, but also um, to the fans. I'm sure you guys have seen comic book uh, interview. What's his uh, Daniel Radcliffe? So so sorry, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, he said that you know he doesn't see Marvel going from Hugh Jackman to him as Wolverine, but he does appreciate the comic book accuracy regarding the height, and uh, he'd he'd welcome a call. So do you feel like that's just wishful fan thinking? Do you think that one how relevant that is, and two, do you think? Daniel could even act as Wolverine. Hugh Jackman yeah. is he's pretty his shoulders are quite big, right? And Daniel Radcliffe, I just know him as Harry Potter, so Yeah. Even if you haven't I, seen Harry Potter, you know Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. He's done a lot of um like plays. He was in Guns Akimbo, I haven't yeah. seen that. I that that's the only other thing I Oh no, and um what was that prison one? Oh the 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 where he was his head was shaved? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I know what you're talking about, but I haven't I haven't seen that. I have to check it out. Ooh, I'll think of it. I I remember it in like tomorrow. But yeah, it's I don't know to be honest. I think whatever happens, it's going to be quite a big backlash because whoever Wolverine is, it isn't Hugh Jackman. It's, that's oh. just I I don't think Marvel could possibly is it they can't win in this situation. Me personally, I don't think they can't that they can win in this situation. Hugh Jackman doesn't want to come back. They want Wolverine. They're going to have to recast Wolverine, and the fans don't want it because it's not Hugh Jackman. Well, then, man, if I was Disney, I will be like, listen, I will offer you a bag like an NBA player. Like, what? how much do you want? 40 million? How much do you want? I know you have a family. I know you love this character. How much do you want? I would literally do whatever I could to bring Hugh Jackman back. Because, yes, Logan was amazing, and that was a great end for his character, but it is the multiverse of madness. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. bring him back. Come on. Like, you can't... They're smart. They didn't try to recast Doc Ock, Green Goblin. You know, they didn't try to recast Electro. Um, you know, so they shouldn't try to recast Wolverine. But if they just did decide to go with uh, um, Daniel Radcliffe, I felt like he could do it. I think he could do it. Yeah, no, I mean, he knows how to act. Um, he's not, um, I, I don't have a lot of knowledge around his work, um, but in a lot of his plays, like Ekis, I think he was in, and um, and and the White Power movie that he was in, when I saw the trailer, um, that just shows just how like little I know of his career. In respect to Daniel Radcliffe, I apologize, you're a great actor. I think he could do it. I don't, I don't think it is a place where they can't win. Uh, but on on the context of can't win, let's talk about the latest wave of MCU criticisms. Ever since the Batman has come out, a lot of people have been saying MCU is formulaic, MCU is this, that. And you guys are going to be a bit shocked, but I actually agree. <laughs> After watching the Batman, I was like... Man, like, uh, there's just something to be said about the originality that I just don't find prevalent throughout the MCU. But that's just my opinion. I don't know what you think. Even before Batman came out, it was always that very... I don't want to say they're the same, but they are the same. In their own in their own sense, they've got the, the good guy, they've got the bad guy, they've got that ending that everyone can predict most of the, most of the time. It's, it's the same... Thing. And where was Batman? It was just 
But so I, I saw it with a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. and and I and we came out, and I hadn't processed it all, right? So we we were we were talking. But the more I thought about it, just the more brilliant it was. Yes. And it's like two days later, and I'm still remembering things. I go, oh my word, that that made that film so good. The Batmobile chase with the penguin. Mm. What a great scene that was. We have yeah. never had a scene like that in Marvel. Well, I I think the Batman's is much better, but I think comparably would be the Nick Fury uh, intersection scene in Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, that's true. I yeah, I didn't know. T- I forgot about that. Um, but I do I do agree. So like that's my question really is we can't have it all in life. We can't have it all right. Um, you know, and anything. You know, we got Spider Man back. But then there was a lot of stark influence. You know, you, you, you can't have it all back. And to be fair, like, I love the MCU Spider-Man. It's my favorite iteration of Spider-Man. Uh, but there are problems that I see. And that's not to say the MCU sucks. It's just that's what's going to happen when you have a multi-billion dollar corporation and you need to make quality movies. Stuff is going to fall. That's just reality of it. Um, but there is something to be said that I, that I think, like, when I watch a Marvel movie, and I'm not talking about the big event movies, I'm not talking No Way Home, Avengers, you know, Infinity War, I'm not talking about those. Uh, but when I watch a lot of Marvel movies, they do kind of feel very similar. Mm. Tone, dramatic structure, when the comedy lands, how the CGI is shot, and the lighting. It's very similar. I guess that's good because it's like a uniformity throughout the world, but it's also bad because it's like you get the feel. I'm not saying the story, but I'm just saying when you watch a movie, you should experience it. And that's the thing. I felt like in the Batman, I experienced it. Um, in No Way Home, I experienced it. Um, you know, versus Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it was a rehash. So, like, do, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like when I watch one Marvel movie, like Ant-Man, I've seen them all. And, but I don't know if that's a bad thing. Because, yeah, so I know I, I, I have friends, and I don't know why they're my friends, because I don't like Marvel. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. At, first, <laughs> at first you were like, I have friends, and then you were quite like, yeah, I know you have friends, bro. <laughs> Why you gotta be sad? I know you have friends. <laughs> but, yeah, so, anyway, we, we we got talking, and he's just, he's literally just seen Iron Man. And he was like, so so his opinion up until now was, you've seen one, you've seen them all. And I... I, it's only just kind of started to sink in that, and I'm not hating on Marvel because it is, the stuff they come up with is genius and it's, it's, it is like the highlight of the year for, for so many people when the new film comes out. But there is no denying that they do follow that same trend of like, well not, not a trend, but the Mar- Marvel algorithm is, Every movie kind of has that same outlay. Yes, and I, I I don't know. It's not a bad thing because it you you carry on watching them bad because movies. you enjoy them. Yeah, they're not bad movies. I personally I loved Ant Man. I loved Ant Man too, and I just think Paul Rudd's hilarious. So mm-hmm. if they said we're going to make another I don't know three Ant Man films the exact same kind of style as the first two. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do it. Because I love the first two films. If they were going to be like, we actually, we're going to have a whole film of Ant-Man just in the quantum realm. 
kind of, and there's, it's not going to be, it's it's going to be more of like a a mind thriller than a superhero film. I'd be like, uh, is it, it going to work? Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's they they follow that same trend in in all their films, I think, until you get the big team ups, and it's a like a combination of all of them. Yeah. I mean, so, like, okay, so on the flip side, for me, I watched the first Ant-Man. I thought it was cool, but it wasn't anything that resonated with me. So I didn't watch Ant-Man Quantumania, um, or Ant-Man 2. I'm, I probably will watch Quantumania because Jonathan Majors uh, as uh, Kang. Mm. But um, if they were to make, like, an Ant-Man story that's a globe-trotting adventure that deals with, like, heists and robberies, I'm in. I don't want to necessarily see Ant-Man talking about particles and shrinking, you know, stuff in San Francisco all day. Like, you know, like, there are ways you can kind of break the trope of what it means to be a superhero film. And I feel like Marvel figured out what worked for for Iron Man and was like, how do we kind of replicate that for our other properties? I don't know how I feel about that, though. I think what we have now is very good. And it's... I think fans like Marvel because they've again I know people if we ever <laughs> if we ever get big enough that we we get haters they're going to use this against me Twitter um, culture Yeah anyone on Twitter that listens to this is just going to hate me I feel like in a sense we've we've kind of been like brainwashed into into thinking these these new Marvel films are brand new if you know mm-hmm. what I mean like when they're it, yeah it it doesn't they're the same film just different things whereas you know you get these other films and i don't know i it's hard to compare really because people say no way home and the batman the no way home was a fan service right i guarantee you i i i put money on it if toby and andrew didn't show up the film would would have done it would have been good but it wouldn't have been as good I reckon that the ninety percent of that film and the hype around it was Andrew and Toby. I agree with that, but that's where I feel like the movie shines because the best parts of the movie didn't all encapsulate Andrew and Toby. The the I think, and this is a discussion for another podcast, but there's there was definitely a studio course correction, like the direction that they were taking Spider Man is. I enjoy. I really loved Far From Home. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I had a blast watching it. Spider-Man, Purious, don't attack me. I'm a bigger Spider-Man fan than most people. But, like, um, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I read the comics, so I don't want anybody being toxic when I say this. Um, I had a blast watching Far From Home because it really showed Peter's innocence. But Peter in the MCU has not existed as, uh, or has not acted like Uncle Ben in that message happened. Like, it, I... It just doesn't. And, um, you know, I think, for example, like, for me, what made Homecoming shine so much is the fact that Vulture, after he talks him down, Peter goes back to stop Vulture anyway. And in that moment, I thought because he instantly was reminded of Uncle Ben and those weapons being in Queens and he couldn't have that happen, so he stopped it. And to me, that elevated the film to a whole other level. That was taken away and far from home when they blow up Uncle Ben's uh, suitcase and they don't really care. 
And then in No Way Home, they kind of address it when they're like, yeah, Uncle Ben really wasn't a big player in the MCU, I imagine. It was really just Aunt May, which is fine. It works great for this character. But Spider-Man has not acted with the classic Spider-Man tropes that we've seen. It's a lot of implications. Um, A lot of what he has done has been trying to prove his worth. But Spider-Man knows his worth. So there, for me, there's this cognitive dissonance of enjoying this different adaption of Spider-Man because Tom Holland is the perfect characterization of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But how he acts in terms of his motivations and stuff, they're a hell of a lot more Spider-like than Andrew in his films, but they 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 still miss that, that classic Spidey feel. And uh, No Way Home brought that back, but it didn't make sense story-wise. It just kind of happened. So... And it worked because the multiverse, whatever, you you kind of forget that part. Um, but I definitely feel like No Way Home was a way to course correct. I definitely think there was some fan service. I mean, if you want to make the biggest movie, you can bring back what the fans want 100%. But the fan service was used in a way to tell a coherent story. So I can't be too mad about the fan service. I, I don't take offense to it. I don't get mad about it. Because who better than to tell Peter about how to be Spider-Man than Spider-Man himself? Mm. So it's like to me, yes, there were fan service, but it fit. There was a coherent message. There was a coherent story. The message of No Way Home was about growing up. Peter Parker is a literary analogy for, you know, you grow up in life and you start out with a smile on your face, and then you realize life isn't always sunshines and rainbows, and you have to get through the tough part, but you can do it and you can still shine. And that's literally what happened in No Way Home. His life was crapped on in the beginning. He tried to fix it. He failed, but that's life. We've all failed. And then he ends up succeeding, but not without cost. And this iteration, great power comes great responsibility, is not a haunting warning like for Toby where you have to sacrifice everything that makes you who you are to do the greater good, like in Spider-Man 2. And this version, it's like if you can do good stuff, if you can help people, you should. And... The reason why you should is because it should just come in from you. Like, for example, when uh, Zendaya, like MJ said, well, that's just who he is. You know, the reason why great power comes great responsibility affects Peter so much is because that's just who he is internally. And that reminds him. But I say that to say he didn't act like that in Far From Home. So there's a very clear studio course correction that I see. It doesn't fit tonally thematically like the character just kind of poof like it happened but i'm not mad about it because it gave us arguably the best peter parker story we've had on life's live action sorry guys i talk a lot i'm gonna shut up (laughs) yeah no like so for me when when people ask a film that they they tell you to rate a film i take in uh, a, a big factor of it is the overall fan experience that's that's why for me, Endgame and Infinity War, that kind of that that year period between Thanos snapping at the end of Infinity War and Endgame, where Marvel just didn't release anything and the fan theories were crazy. Yeah, it is literally only what anyone spoke about for a year. Yeah, and and that for me, walking into the cinema and, and the amount of hype. Walking into that cinema to see Endgame was just crazy. 
because you'd been you'd, you'd hyped it up for a whole year and you had no idea what was happening and then you were like counting down the days counting down the hours i remember being at school and i was i was just sitting next to my friend and we were counting down the hours until we were seeing it and it was just like a whole experience and then you know the whole portal scene the film itself it does have its flaws it's not perfect by by a long shot and when you you look at it compared to other films it isn't that great but it's the fan experience that makes it better that's that's just my personal take on it so i think going back to kind of the the marvel formula that people are starting to pick up on ever since batman came out well pick up more should i say it's um i i I don't yeah it's not a bad thing no it's not a bad thing by any means i think their their formula is is very based on not the film itself but the the audience and, and the fan service yeah which makes the whole experience better like for example, one of my favourite films is Prisoners. I just think it's just there's I don't I can't find a single flaw with it. Yeah, I love it. Comparing that, uh, so again, you can't really compare it because they com- one's about having Hugh Jackman's kid cap- uh, kidnapped by the Riddler, and then you get like I don't know Age of Ultron or whatever. It's there. So yeah, it's a bad, a bad comparison on my side, but. Whereas Prisoners is just a great film from start uh, from beginning to end, I I don't know I can't remember when it came out, but it was that I I I watched it years later, and I enjoyed the film. Say if I had just watched I don't know Guardians of the, uh, no sorry again I'm tired you can tell. <laughs> Say I had just watched Endgame for the first time now, would I have been like? while that film was legendary, probably not, because I hadn't had that year of build-up. Does that make sense? I think, yeah. I think I'm making sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes total sense. So, yeah, that... Again, it's... I don't know. There's nothing wrong with what Marvel are doing, I think. And it... it the, the general fan base, it, it's just something to be united over. Everyone gets talking about when a new Marvel film comes out. Whether it's good or bad, we don't. We 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 won't mention it. <coughs> Black Widow, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it, it's Doctor Strange. That's all anyone is talking about. And then Batman came out. But when Moon Knight comes out, they'll talk about Moon Knight, and then they'll talk about Doctor Strange. And it, again, you'll be excited walking into watch Doctor Strange because of that. All that. Uh, build up that you've had previously, and that 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 build up only comes from the formula. So, and we got like five minutes left. So, like you know, I'll just you know I, I'm gonna ask you one more question because you're the big brain. You know what you're talking about. Uh, do you think that you know Moon Knight is coming out? Everybody, all the reviews that are coming out today. One of the biggest highlights that I've seen is everybody says that this does not feel like a superhero story. This does not feel like a an MCU story, which to me is great because that means it's going to be something that I'm going to remember. And I'm not saying that MCU stuff isn't memorable. How how I relate to it is like Drake, like the music, like anything Drake drops is fire. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, anything. Like, when Scorpion, the album, dropped, you know, right after he got dissed by Pusha T, like, like it's still sold. Um, anything Drake makes, you know, is banger. But there's so much of it where it's like, oh, like, you kind of get spoiled by how good it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying about the MCU. Like, I'm not saying it's not memorable because they're terrible. Absolutely not. They are the biggest media corporation in the world, and they are damn good at it. You know what I mean? But for me, it's just like you have so much of the same good food, you kind of get tired of it. You want something different. So to be clear, that's what I mean by memorable. I'm not saying MCU stuff sucks. We are literally MCU geeks, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. I, but I guess what I'm saying is when you read Marvel comics, there's a difference in tonality and a difference in stories. Versus the MCU, there's a one overarching plan. Mm. Do you feel like that's going to change with future films, or do you feel like Marvel's going to keep doing what they're doing? Disney's going to keep doing what they're doing? So, I I think they tried to change it with Eternals, and it didn't end very well. And I mean, yeah, you can you can see, it was the wrong film to try and, and like, kind of alter the, the formula, because it was, they had, what was it, how many Eternals is there? Twelve? Is, is there that many, or is there just... There's a lot of them. See, yeah. I can't remember. Where you can say there's six Avengers, because yeah, it had that enough build up. I, I can't remember how many Eternals there were. It was there was like twelve people trying to understand their backstory, establish a bad guy, establish a plot, mm. all within what was it, two hours? It was yeah. It, it, it didn't work, and I understand why it got criticised because it it didn't follow that formula and it's sad it is because it it had really good potential and the characters they were good characters like druig my my personal favorite yeah he was he was brilliant and he was perfectly cast Mm -hmm. if they had better writing i think that could have been a really really good film um well he definitely does not have a shortage of good films that he is going to be in in the future. That is all I'm going to say. And if you haven't been in the cinema the past couple of weeks, then uh, you don't know what we're talking about. It's, uh, it brings a smile to my face that you guys don't don't know what we're talking about. It's like a it's like a killing joke, but uh, whatever. But yeah, no. So that's the end of this podcast, guys. Uh, let us know what you think. Do you feel like the MCU's, uh, you know, it's a problem that it's similar? Do you, is that why you love it? Do you feel like it should change up? I, I feel like from what you get from me and Josh, we're fifty-fifty about it. We kind of don't like how similar it is, but we also understand it builds a success. So I guess as a selfish fan, for me, I would just really love Spider-Man Four MCU to be very director-driven, similarly to the Batman. I want that more than anything. My pitch. Right now, let me know if you guys like this. Peter Parker is being a photographer in New York, and while he's taking pictures, he discovers a sinister secret happening throughout the city, and he's discovering what is happening in the city while also juggling with crimes that are being committed as him being framed. And, uh, you know, Black Cat, throw Black Cat in there, throwing a very famous, bald, organized crime boss of crime, almost a kingpin of crime, you know? And I think you could have a really good character study of what makes Peter Parker tick. Don't yeah. give us multiverse. <laughs> we speaking of multiverse, there is a few uh, 
rumours going around, but we'll say that's for another time. I, I just, to anyone who has stuck right through to the end, um, don't assume that we are all Marvel haters. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, I love, we love Marvel. We just, you know, like I said, you have the same good slice of pizza all the time. You want some, you, you might want some Chinese food. You might want some, you know, Indian food. You might want some Chipotle. We don't want the same stuff all the time. That's all we're saying. I think that this, this whole general episode has literally been everyone seen Batman. Everyone was like, damn, what a good movie. Wow. I wish we had this in the Marvel universe. But I reckon DC fans would be saying the exact same thing if the DCEU followed the Marvel formula and then Marvel dropped an equivalent of Batman. I don't know what character it would be. Um, you know, they'd probably be saying the exact same thing. So, yeah, just don't take this as a uh, we're boycotting Marvel because we love Marvel. And if you can't tell by the name... <laughs> yeah, we're literally MCU geeks. At the end of this podcast, thank you guys for... Checking in with us. This has been Zan. This is Josh. Um, take care. And um, yeah, love you guys 3000. Thank you so much.